Yo, yo, what up? It's three of the player of them world famous 69, 69 boys. boys. Hey, man, and we in apartments with the homie Parlay. You know. Hey, Parlay. Meet me at the apartment. <laughs> yo, you already know. This your boy Parlay. And we live in DJ House Studio. And we in the apartment with Parlay. Meet me in the apartments. Listen, man. I love my city, ATL. Only thing I love more than ATL is the west side of Atlanta. Shot Bankhead. Rest easy, Swall. Long live Charlotte Low. Long live Buddy. Listen, when we talking this culture, especially when we talking the South, every path has been led by somebody before you. You know what I'm saying? Every path has been led by somebody before you. And I, and I feel like nowadays we don't find out the people who paid the way for us, and we don't pay homage to the people who have paid the way, whether big or small. Every, every effort in making this damn path is important to everybody who come through here. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the person who, who helped the person who knocked down the bushes and stuff, if I drive the man up, I help. You see what I'm saying? But I say that to say this. My next guest are pioneers in this whole South movement. Even from the thing that we're doing in Atlanta, you know, back then with the pool palace and all the music that we had in 2006, 2005 with the SNAP movement, D4 and all this. The success of all that, the door was already open. See, and I know, especially when it comes to Atlanta, you know, I feel like not just Atlanta, the South too, outcast kind of busted, kicked the fucking door open. You know what I'm saying? But who said that, who let people know what the South was before they even got there. My next guess some people who did that. When you're talking about party, can't have a party out there. If, if you go to Vegas and they're finna have a, a hype party, a, a all night you finna party all night, you can't not have this song. If you got a grandma or uncle them and they have a party, you, you will not hear a party without hearing their song. A lot of groups, I ain't gonna say mimic, but the things they do, a lot of groups don't pick that ball up and they running with it right now. And it's a lot of our favorite groups. I'd like to welcome my next guest to the show, Six and Nine Boys. Appreciate yes, sir. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yes, sir, man. Such a profile. Three of the player. Yes, sir. And my dog, Fad Cash. Man, appreciate it. Glad to be here in the apartments. In the fucking apartments. Yes, sir. I, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of people can't say apartments. In the apartments. I be like, nah, bro, you got to say apartment, bro. We in, we in, this is the South. Yes, you know sir. what I'm saying? We say everything slang. Everything is slang. We in the apartment, dog. Shouts out to Duval County, Moncrief Village, the apartments where I grew up. No, for real. Yeah, the 1400 block, Mercy Drive, you know, the apartments where I grew up in. No, for real. Shout out to Jacksonville, man. Yes, I, sir. Listen. I, I, I went to I went to college with my homie from uh, from Duval. You know what I'm saying? We got real close, and I met one of my homies who taught me a lot about football. He from Duval. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I know I know a lot of people from from Duval. I, I, I fuck with that city. You know what I'm saying? So. so it's crazy that y'all y'all the beef from there. You know what I'm saying? Because yes, I got so much connection with that shit. Y'all hood. How close is y'all y'all uh, apartments where y'all grew up at? Well, at, well, I'm from Jacksonville, fast cash from Orlando. Oh, okay. So, yeah, but but apartment wise, when I when we moved because when the industry took off for 95 South, which was the group that opened the door for us, uh, we I came down to Orlando to follow the company, and that's where we stayed. Probably about I was in Pine Hills, but it was probably about three four miles from where fast cash you know grew up. Yeah, you because. Then you end up in there with the um the record store thing, right? Yeah, yeah. The record store was in Duval okay. in Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. Shouts out to Big Al's Records and Tapes, man. We that's how I really got my start in the industry. Just uh, you know, the, from the inside uh, or the business side, pretty much. I was in charge of ordering the music. Uh, back then, Uptown Records was taking off, so they would send their artists, Joe Sid, Mary J. Blige, into the market. Luke, he had groups like H Town, Two Live Crew. He would send them up, and I would take those groups around. To, the, to meet the different distributors and to show them how the market worked. Oh no! So you were the plug, basically. But uh, pretty much, I was the I was the yeah I was the pretty much the runner for the plug because yeah. Big Al pretty you the, much you the plug you the one who hey man when you, when you hit Duval hit up Thrill 
<laughs> yeah, you know yeah, 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 yeah. He Al and Al gonna put you on thrill, but but really, it was a blessing because Al allowed me to be the face of it because he was so behind the scenes, you know, and up in age. But he, me being the face, I got all the benefits because it's the it was the largest independent retailer in Florida. So you know, everybody knew the name, so they had to come through the spot. So so I, every chance I get, I thank him for that. No, for sure. So for everybody who's watching, if you're not familiar with 69 Boy, 69 Boy gave you a touch of You know what I'm saying? Now I'm going to say I'm going to ask y'all this too. This, this, this project, I, you know how street niggas, project niggas analyze everything the way project niggas just want it. It don't even got to be right. Niggas just, hell no, nah, bro. They talking about this. Right. My dog say, they, they're my favorite part of the whole song. It ain't the butterfly, it's a touch and roll. Fuck <laughs> 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 you talking about this? It's just not the butterfly, it's a touch and roll. Right. I know how the story came about, how y'all did it. But I want you to share the story with everybody, how y'all, how you came up to dance and how he came and went to the game and seen the shit and was like, because right. that shit, this is a special and intriguing story too. Right, right, right. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. The, the, the track itself came about, uh, shouts out to Bethune-Cookman University. If you were in Orlando, which we was at the time, as a matter of fact, when I came from Jacksonville down there, uh, I, I came as a songwriter, and this and that was working on their album. We made Kitty Kitty, and we were supposed to come out with that, but we jumped to the this and that album. In, on one of the nights that I took a break, we were working on our album. While working on their album, I rode down to Daytona Beach, Bethune-Cookman, and the DJ there dropped the Barry White record. Dun, 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 dun. Look at her. The club went dumb. I was like, oh, man, we got we to gotta get this record. I got to take it back to CC so he can hear it. Boom. I went to the DJ after the club that night. I was like, let me get, let me get a copy of that. He was like, I can't give you my record. So he recorded it on cassette. And wow. I, in the club, he recorded it what on cassette. What year was this? This was uh, nine, 1990, the end of 92, the beginning of 93. So he record no, it's actually 93. It was like the spring of 93. So he recorded the record on tape. I took it back to the studio, and it was such a low quality, and we, we didn't know. I, 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 all he could tell me it was Barry White. So when I took it back, it's not like we could look it up. It wasn't no YouTube then or nothing. So we just took that sample from the cassette, ran it on there, and dropped the record. So, I mean, pretty much that's how the initial thing came. Jay Ski came home from... Cracker Barrel. He had a bank, a little piggy bank, that uh, said it was a Tootsie Roll bank. He walked in the studio, and the record was playing. He sat it down, and he started singing the chant, Tootsie Roll, Tootsie Roll. And I was sitting on the floor. I remember I stood up, and then I, it, as he was saying roll, I just, it wasn't even the butterfly that I was doing, but it looked like that, but like a mechanical version of yeah. it. And it, that's just how it all started. And, and literally, we did the record. I promise you, it wasn't two hours that it took to do the record start to finish because it came in and it was a whole vibe, and then we just put it down. Wow. Instant. Yeah, yeah. Instant hit. Yeah. When y'all recorded, did y'all, did you know, like, they're going to fuck with this right here? Absolutely not. Jay and CeCe did, but 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 we had recorded Tootsie, I mean, like, Kitty Kitty about a year and a half before that, and 95 South had been on tour performing the record. So we knew that record had legs. And from me coming from the industry, the music business side, I was like, well, why don't we just take the record that's already out there with some motion? And then Jay and them, like, we would sit down and have these uh, meetings about the records, and I was like, no, nah, I'd rather go with Kitty Kitty. So the only reason Tootsie Roll came out first is because they threatened. They said, okay, if we don't put the record out right now on you, we're going to put it out. We're just going to put it out on another group. So then I said, well, bump it, then we'll just go on and put it out. Mm. It, it was the best decision that I made because, you know, it taught me at that point that, well, at that point I didn't know, but shortly thereafter I knew that I don't know at all because it, it just had layers of its own. Nah, for sure, for sure. I heard a story you say you knew what you wanted to do in fifth grade mm -hmm. at the talent show. Yeah. Did Rapper's Delight. Yeah. You fucked it up. Uh, yeah. You nervous, man. I, I, I was, but I wasn't. You know how kind of when you go to like I always grew up no matter what side of town because in Jacksonville, 
it's almost like a rule. Everybody live on every side of town at some point or another. But my mom, she always wanted to try to get us in, I guess, the best educational situation. So she would always find a project on the side of town that we went to with the best school in it. So I never got the chance to go to the total urban school. It was always a mixed school. And in doing that, I was never nervous because when you come from the projects and they put you in the middle of that, you, you the man. Hey, you the nigga. Hey, yeah. You know, it was just for me to do it that day. I couldn't wait to go to school with the little outfit on. And, oh, I'm going to turn up this. Okay, you remember outfit? Uh, I had a uh, Navy because uh, my, my stepdad was in the Navy. So I had the Navy hat. Uh, the, the the little white one with the look like a police hat almost with the brim on it and then with the all white top with the belt with the all white pants so I was like you know the village people was hot back then so I was like in line with everything that was going on TV wise mainstream wise so it was just to go in there and hit them with that hip the hop the hibbit the hibbit it and they just went crazy anyway so it was I didn't know it was a rap because I wasn't doing it for the trophy but to win a trophy I was like okay did we we can do something with this? So it clicked. Did you have any any prior like performance um, practice before then? Because I know back then like niggas gonna perform for your mama, your daddy, your uncles at all the parties and all that. Like that was that was the test of back then. Like when you could be some. Yeah, yeah, that's mandatory. Definitely, that 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 is definitely something that at the family I did, but more so at the school level, um, I, I was already in, in the act, the school plays, and definitely my mama was an usher, so all the Easter plays, it wasn't no option. Me and my sisters had to go get in the Easter play. So, <laughs> so crowds, you know, we was familiar yeah. with that. What you had to do on Easter play? Whatever part they'll let me do. Part. You, know you ready for this shit? Whatever, yeah, I ain't had no choice. I was going to have to be ready. I, I had to be there, so I'm, if I'm going to be here, I may well be ready. I, I think... Best performers come from back then because we went through that that gauntlet, that test gauntlet, doing all the dances, doing the hammer, the humpty dump, the touch and roll. But mama played the song, come on down here, hey, come on down here and do this song. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I think now a lot of these artists don't never get a chance to go through that, to break that shyness, to break that, let me talk to the people, let me, you know, let me brush shoulders. A lot of these artists now don't even want to go places and do meet and greets. They don't want to be like, bro, you don't want to do no meet and greet? Right. I don't want right. to be around. Bro, this, that's important. This is more important than anything else. Touching the people is way. Now, the internet's going to be better because you could touch more, more mass of people faster. Right. But ain't shit like brushing shoulder with people and touching people. Dog. Like, that'd be a bonus forever. Right, right. Yeah, no, I talk about this all the time with my partner, uh, Kendall. Um, it's called a blind analytic. It's stuff that you won't know unless you actually get out there and and actually touch the people and see. So, you know, I, we go to Mississippi and do a lot of shows a lot. People be talking to you about Instagram and uh, social networking, but when you go to Mississippi and you at, you're on a ticket with Southern Soul artists and you go out to meet the people and you see 50% of the audience in this particular market pull out flip phones still. You know, because they're an older crowd. They're not interested necessarily in no smartphone. Sometimes some people have government-issued phones. They just want to be able to contact somebody and let them know I'm all right. But how do you track that person if they don't have a smartphone, if they don't have Instagram mm. and all that? So being out here, which is how we watch the Southern Soul audience, so Southern Soul artists just take over by taking what the defense was given getting out here politicking because not even a politician can win an election by not going to touch the people. Facts, facts, facts. Try that motherfucker to Cad one time, man. Yes, sir. Cad, listen, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you one thing. Slide up a little bit. I'm a little disappointed, dog, because I thought you were going to wear one of your famous hats. <laughs> I just knew my dog going to have one, one, of them, one of them hats, but you be having some spiff-ass motherfucking hats, dog. What, what kind of – and I'm going to tell you, too, even – even back then, your style has always been different from from the Peters. What was like? You was on that the Dre stuff, how Dre and Gil, like you was on that way back then. Like what sparked that 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 style for you? Uh, motorcycle guys, motorcycle guys. Yeah, back then it was. I used to like their style. So I kind of like picked up on their style and put that with my little dancing. That's what made it fun. You know what I'm saying? 
uh, it was more like, yeah, that, yeah, motorcycle, that, that motorcycle style mix. That's what I really like. That's what I really got my style from. It wasn't nothing else too much. Let me, um, so let's do this. This is what I always like to do on my show. I like to get to know the artists, the people, because I feel like due to not having the internet back then, a lot of the artists that you know the music of and you become fans of, you really don't know them as people. And I feel like the times we're living in now, knowing you as a person means them them more than the music. People understanding who you are, where you came from, why you feel like you feel, why you think like you feel. I think that creates a connection with people in the bun. And with the internet, that bun creates and it starts to roll. And, it, and it, like you say, that, that that's the society that you can't track, that word of mouth, that, well, you heard this, well, you seen this, you did that. So let's start our way back for the people who know 69 Boys, for the people who may know of y'all, for the people who don't know y'all. Let's get it back to where you where you from, where you grew up at. Uh, I was actually born in North Carolina, but when I was a, a child, my mom, she, uh, she moved us to Florida, and that's where I started going to school. Started being raised up at, but yeah, I caught on to the life real quick down in Florida because it was like more faster than North Carolina as as a kid. But yeah, that's where I grew up from it, and um, and I was it, it was crazy that you know what I'm saying my mom and dad I grew up in a both parent home. You know what I'm saying? But then you know so I used to play sports and stuff in school, and and, and until dad one day. Told me that hey, you know, so I'm not going to be here anymore. You know, so I couldn't never really figure out why I was that until I got older. But that's what made me like I ain't want to be in sports no more. So I got out into the streets, start you know, what I'm saying because he had left, you know, what I'm saying so I wanted to be out in the streets. So I just tried to find something else to do than trying to get in trouble all the time. That's what that was the only thing we was out there doing, you know, what I'm saying until so doing that and I picked up on dancing and just. That was my escape. The dance was your escape. You have mm -hmm. any other siblings? Yes, I do. I have a little brother and an older sister. So, yeah. Uh, so you done the child. I'm the man of the house. Now I'm the man now. No. Uh, at that point, we had a choice then to go with him or stay with my mom. Oh, okay. So my little brother and my sister, they went with him. to California. I stayed with my mom to I, I felt that I was like a... I was a burden to her or something, you know what I'm saying? I seen her and I seen her sitting down praying one day on the side of the bed, you know what I'm saying? I didn't know what what that was for, you know what I'm saying? So I thought I was being a burden, like a burden on her. So that's when I left out the house. I had like I ain't want to hear stuff she had to say, but it was. Stop being defined. That's right, man. But how old you were then? Oh, I had about like 16, 17. That's that age, that's that age. Move on up. And from then on, uh, that's when uh, things start taking off for me. 17, 18 staying. I'm like, oh, what's going on? Uh, I had got picked up by um, Snap. I got the power. Y'all yeah, okay. probably don't know that, but y'all can try to look that up with Turbo. Well, if, who don't know you? Listen, yeah. <laughs> that, see, that's why I said what I said at the beginning. Like, you got to know these type of things. When mm -hmm. people say this, you have to identify, oh, he talking about this. The shit that you talking about that. That's why I said when y'all be doing interviews. Right, y'all be saying shit like this shit be some simple ass shit, but that that ain't no simple ass shit. Like mm -hmm. back then, people understand in reference to what you're saying, ain't no celebrities, ain't no black celebrities for real. So if you got if this is somebody on TV who really doing it on the radio and stuff like mm -hmm. that, and they fucking with you, that's like that's like getting a deal from Jay Z right now. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But how about you, True? Oh, I mean, True. Well, me, I mean, it's simple, humble beginnings are uh, just. The, the, grew up in Duval County, Jacksonville. My mom, single parent home, much love, huge family, eight aunties. So I grew up looking and learning life from the female perspective. And then, you know, and, and how they look at things. But being a male, uh, went to high school, graduated, uh, went into the Army, uh, came back and worked at the record shop with aspirations of, well, went to college for a brief stint working at the record, record shop with dreams of becoming either a musician because at this point my football dreams, which was my biggest dream to become an NFL player, 
but my attitude, you know, I learned later in life that a lot of young black men, but just not just black men, but men, period, that grow up in the projects, not having that male father figure, it really do make a difference on how you view life. Because we don't grow up, it's not an excuse, but you don't grow up learning about how to use no bank account or how to save funds and invest in this. Even if, you know, I had partners across town who dads had lawns, lawn service, uh, landscaping services. They was teaching their sons this, that, and the third. My my Indian friend, dad, had a corner store. He had to go work there. I didn't have a dad to do that. But I admire my mom because her, her, her influence was I watched her from the time I was like 8, 9, get up at 7.30, go to college, get off, go to work, and get back home at 11.30. And this was catching the bus there and back. Mm-hmm. So I watched that for years from like 9 to 14. So what she was built of went off with me. you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, after I went to the Army, came back home, and the Army was a great experience as well. You know, I, 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 I told my son that I think he should – I think any – my personal opinion, any young black male should at least give himself two years of that experience because of the experience. I don't care where you're from, whether you're from the projects or the palace. It's something about that level of service to country, to self, to others that just resonated with me. So came home. Working at the record shop, like I was sharing with you. How you end up getting to the record shop? Um, the record shop was just something. It was so many independent shops around town. We all congregated there. Okay. But Big Al's was more of a family situation. Big Al was like a goddad to me, you know, uh, that, that, that took me under his wings and, and, and really raised me into manhood. So start working there, and he taught me everything I knew and then in time as the uh, about a year or two the things I was explaining to you about just helping the other artists and being able to walk them through me not learning I'm learning the business I'm just going through everyday routines and then that helped them so myself and the little brothers of chill deal boys 95 south they became 95 south because we had a group called major league me AB and Carlos and that was a younger brother, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. The uh, uh, Jay Ski and Mike Mike are the older brothers of AB and Carlos. They all from the same project. I'm from the Northside project from Moncrief. I'm the only one that's not related. So that we were supposed to go to the studio that night, but I was at the record shop. The record shop had got raided. Somebody told the police that. I was selling drugs out the record shop, and they raided the record shop. So I missed the studio. That night, they recorded, whoop, there it is. So, and the record took off so fast, the next few, I I would say the next two, two and a half weeks, I was literally trying to figure life out because I didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) And I just said, oh, God. Damn it, dog. Yeah, no, nah, man, because I'm saying I went yeah, I missed from, the boat. Yeah, nah, yeah. I, well, more importantly for me, I'm trying to figure out where this coming from because I'm like, hold on. Who told somebody I was doing something like this up here? And I'm trying to figure this out because I, I was flashy, but that was only in cars. I only just had a bunch of different cars, and I drove them to work, and I had two jobs. So I was like, well, hey, man, what's going on around here? I'm trying to figure out what's going on, and... I'm asking my uncle because he work at the police station. You know what's going on. So I'm trying to figure real life out right now. And all of that was going on. And that's really all the time it took for, for them to take that record from the studio to the radio station. Because back then, we had program directors that was actually from the cities that they were on the radio in. So they knew the importance of taking a group from there if it was a hot record and putting it on the air. In them two weeks, it was the hottest record in the city. And that group was already formed based off that motion that was already going. So I was the man left out. 
You understand what I'm saying? But having the charges, they didn't find nothing that day, but it changed the way that I had to move anyway. You understand what I'm saying? So, because at that point, I hadn't saved up enough money to just totally go into music. So, the good thing about it, with them blowing up, and with me having a bunch of cars and assets, I had stuff that I could sell to kind of build my nest egg up to where I didn't have to be out there moving when I know these people already think I'm moving. That's yeah, yeah. I'm trying to figure I don't know where this shit come from. Time to backstage. Time to get them back, back. Hold up. Let me get down. You know what? Do you think that was the pivotal point to make you just say, I'm just turn my back and this is rap. I'm, I'm going straight to music. Oh, oh, oh without a doubt. Oh well, that that and one one weekend we had went to Miami to get um, some gold teeth, some more. I wanted to get some more at it because down in Florida, you 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 might go when they run a sale, get your four, boom. The next time they run another sale, you go get your four more. So we had took a trip, but I had been talking about it. This was right before the police. No, no, no. This right after the police raided the shop. Went to Miami. I had left one of my cars in my grandma's front yard, but I took the steering wheel off and left it in the house. Yeah, that wood grain motherfucker. Yeah, the wood grain. I took it off so nobody could steal it. (laughs) Man, so I didn't know. I'm not stopping you. What you had that motherfucker on? It was a Dodge Dart. It was a car called the Joker. It had like the Joker on the hood. You know, it it was. That that motherfucker, what, it was Thunderbird? Uh, no, a Dodge. A Dodge. Dodge. Yeah, a Dodge. Dodge. Yeah, a Dodge. Way, but yeah. That motherfucker with the bit back on it? Um, no, it was just the straight, the short flush, the Dodge. It was the, the, the man, the most popular one to me ever. Yeah. Um, dog, I actually forget what year. It might have been a 73 Dodge Dart. What kind of paint you put 72. on it? And it was the Royal Blue Candy with the, it had the crushed velvet, um, uh, blue seats like the it was like the Joker how he had the purple with the light purple but it was blue with the light blue and with the buttons the whole nine but the motor is what made the car so I later found out that well long story short I'm at the I come from Miami I come back a day early blessed I thank God to this day my grandma in my heart she normally my grandma never leave home this Monday night she had went to a revival they had. Um, I'm home a day early. I'm in the, in the den. The light's off in the house. And I hear the car cranking up. What's going on? As God is my witness, I had just took my pistol, the, uh, the one that I keep over here, across town to the other apartment with my girl. I, I had a straight shot because whoever was trying to crank the car... I'm in the window, and I'm looking out, and I had just took the gun. Like, it wasn't even three days away before I went to Miami. Mm-hmm. And so I had nothing to do to shoot with. So I ran back to the front of the house, and I opened the door. I said, hey. As soon as I said, hey, doom, doom, they started dumping somebody on the side of the house. Boom. So I dropped to the floor. I crawled. And then I got up. I promise you. They, so they ran off, left the, the door of the car open. So... After they ran, my homeboy from the record shop, he was pulling up the street. He said, hold on, I just seen Buddy and them running down the street. I said, man, somebody just tried to steal the car. He was like, I don't know where it was, but I seen him running that way. So I pull up in the car. He pull up. I, I come outside by now. They had them put some grip pliers on the Grip pliers thing. on the neck. That's what yeah, you but you they had a key that? to the car. So I'm like, how y'all these boys get Oh, God car? damn it. Shit, yeah. now. So, so, so. Come to find out the next couple of days go by. The dude, I had a, a I had a, a convertible Tercel that I had converted into a Lexus. It was at the paint shop. Dude was like, man, the dudes keep coming up here with the paint man, work up here. They getting duplicates made, stealing people's cars. I'm like, what? That must be because I just took the Joker from up there. You got your keys up there. Yeah, whoever here at working up there, somebody getting dupes made and had done kind. But my thing was. The bullet went through the window, through my grandmama room, the, through, the, through the wall, right by her bed. That was the end of it for me. I'm like, hold up, boom. So the next day I woke up, I'm like, 
I really want to do this music thing. I was in between risk and reward anyway. The police had already came. I'm like, man, okay, cool. And then this happened. I'm like, no, my grandma could have been here, anything. It's just time to tighten up and straighten up anyway. No, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. How did y'all end up linking up forming 69 Boys? Was it something six nine boys you already had in your mind, or when you when, you, when y'all linked up, y'all created six nine boys? Um, the way we would create records and groups back then, like uh, the group that sang uh, "D in Your Life" Ten Cans, mm-hmm. it was a song and a group concept before it was an actual group. Oh, okay. You see what I'm saying? So it's the same thing with sixty nine boys. My dream of sixty nine boys after I missed the boat with ninety five South was Heavy D and the boys. Because, you know, the rapper and the two dancers, that was just something. But I said from the South, we could have that. And then my biggest inspiration from a group standpoint uh, in hip-hop that we could see at the time was Houdini because they were so smooth and with it. And then, you know, it was, it was grown people, but it was fun grown people stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because all my mama friends was fine. I used to be legit wanting to be like, man, I, I want to get with So, long story <laughs> short, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kai can is sweet and gold. <laughs> yeah, man. So, but long story short, um, I, I, I said, I, I recorded the, the entire album. And then I went to the club one night. And Fast and his partner, Slow, they was destroying everybody. Because back then... You used to go to the club and battle. Dance we, battle. We couldn't wait. We couldn't wait. It was coming out of the breaking era because breaking was battles too. But it, you know, it's more girls in the picture. Now cats don't want to necessarily get down and break. So cats putting up, standing together, putting up, putting stand together stand up routine. Yeah, and that. Uh, uh. So them boys slaying them left and right. The first week it happened. Came back the next week it happened. Boom. The, the next week I said, man, we already knew I was finna. We was finna release the album. I said, hey, listen, I got. This concept for a group, 69 boys, y'all boys raw. Man, come be a part of the concept with me. Fast got it. I didn't know at the time that he had already toured the world with Snap. You know what I'm saying? So he was already internationally seasoned. I was too from being, because in the military, I was stationed in Germany. So I got to move around a lot. So it was a, I mean, we just clicked. Even without clicking, we clicked immediately because it's almost like it was an unspoken language. And then, from there, man, the first show we did was literally at the state fair because uh, uh, the God bless the dead, shouts out to Rip It Records. Jack the Rapper at the time, I, the label that we partnered with was the label of the grandson of Jack the Rapper. Mm. So... Doors. And if you don't know who Jack the Rapper is, please look it up. I don't even want to oh, explain it oh, to man. you. Come on, please man. look it up. <laughs> please uh, uh, look it up. Uh, uh, you can't do music if you don't know who Jack the Rapper is. Yeah, I promise you can't. And all we can say is by him touching the record and and, 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 and giving his co-sign to it, that opened up a lot of doors to where our first show literally was in front of 5,000 people. But the radio station had been bamming the record from the time we took it up there and the people knew the record already, so all we had to do was get up there and do the routine. We had practice, and that launched us out in the city and gave us a solid foundation. No, that was too hard. Uh, Trey, you ever, you ever try? You ever really get into the dancing part of it? Um, a little bit. I can do a little bit. I can whoop everybody from my city. Better know how to do the whoop. Um, but no, I'm my my biggest strength is knowing my. Musical, weaknesses. Musical. No, knowing my weaknesses. Come and say the reason I asked you that was this is funny as shit. Uh-huh. The beginning of the video, right? You hit that motherfucker. You yeah. hit that bit no more. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. No. Look, he don't know like a motherfucker. He hit that bitch at the beginning of the video, didn't he? He hit that bit. That nigga hey. hit that motherfucker no more. Man, don't look to me to ex- don't look for me to exploit nothing I know I ain't tight work at. I know my weaknesses, and I try to bring people in that's great at what I'm weak at, for real. When that motherfucker came on, you finna get loose at first in your mind. In my mind? Yeah. No, just for that little part. Just for that little part. Yeah, yeah you know part. how you be practicing that part, yeah, and part. then you like, fall off and find and something see. to do. And that's what I did. <laughs> nah, for real, nah, for real. What would you say when y'all first started 6 9 boys was your first, like, 
Yeah, we meant to be here moment. Elaborate on that for me. Like, yeah, like, we ain't like, yeah, yeah. We supposed to be here. Yeah. Like, it's almost like a basketball player, they say he ain't really, he all right, then he win a championship, and it's like, yeah, nigga, put me up here. Like, yeah, I'm supposed to be here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I think um, for me, that moment, now, coming from my city, and if you knew, the guy that you said you knew in college from Duval, it's a certain level of confidence, overconfidence, humble arrogance from everybody from Duval. The city raised you that way. Yeah, he, he acted like that too. Exactly. So everybody, everybody from Duval who I know act like that. Right, right, right. So, so that being said, it's not intentional. It's just if you want to get one of the fly girls, you have to be the best at that kind of attitude. You understand what I'm saying? So you you raised that way. And that being said, a lot of things initially that would excite a person didn't excite me. But being on the cover of a magazine that touched me, like Right On Magazine and Word Up, I'm like, Word Up was big source, then. The Source, yeah. Word Stuff up was, like that. Word Up was real big then. Oh, them, them was teen zines. So <laughs> to be on that, you know, that and along with when we performed at the Source Awards, that right well, there, yeah. that was the year where, where Drayden said the South that got something to say. Yeah, that year. It was and, a lot went on at the motherfucker right there. Oh, man, that was the year, man. And That's a movie it by itself right there, boy. A big time movie. <laughs> yes, sir. But, man, that those that was when, for me, it let me know we made it. I don't know if fast. Dog, that was a big moment in the South, period, dog. Oh, and it was getting drowned out by all the other shit that was going on. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and. The thing was that has, there has always been a tendency to do that, and I don't believe that's unintentional, and I don't believe it's been unintentional because if you think about it, when the world on the East Coast was telling us these groups were hot. Now, nothing against these groups. These are some of my favorite groups. But during that time, they were saying Das Effects, uh, 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 all the groups from that era that you should be checking for. There was a, a network called Video Jukebox, and Video Jukebox will have everybody from the South on it, like the, the groups that they were saying were hot on MTV and, and, and the networks back then will have like 500,000 views on Video Jukebox. And then somebody like Luke and Two Live Crew will have 2 million views. So you could literally see how the views were. But mm. back then, they'll make this a big deal and shoot that down. You get what I'm saying? So it, I felt draining him when he said, yo, the South got something to say because it wasn't just them. How can bass music, when you look in Billboard magazine, you look up the history, the longest running single in the history of any chart is, boom, there it is. The second longest is Tootsie Roll. Both of those records are from the South. The longest, well, no, Whoop is ATL with tag, tag team. Oh, tag team back yeah. then, yeah. But... Tissy Roll is Florida, but the longest running single in the history of the rap charts is Tissy Roll. It's not the favorite rapper from any other region. So what I'm saying is all of this stuff is pushed down, in my opinion, out of memory on purpose. But you got so many investors that invest in these big record labels that they, they want to see their return. So it becomes a big, big scheme. But all I know is once they was able to take the video jukebox off where people can't see, oh, Jiggle Tony, oh, Uncle Luke, oh, Two Live Crew, oh, 69 Boys, they, they got millions of views. These guys here got hundreds of thousands of views. Man, we need to be checking this out. Once they took that off, then you they was they able to tell hide the They want to show you what they want they to tell show you. whatever pitch story they want to tell, and you just going to have to believe it unless you was on the ground at the time and you could see, hold on, how 69 Boys really sound scanning 100,000 a week for... 49 weeks. What's going on, man? How is this happening? And then you go to the shows and they say, okay, well, this arena is this. And then these boys over here independently doing it because by the time a major came to us, we had already sold a million records. By the time they came and said, hey, how can we get down? So we, had, we were forced to learn how to go sit down and talk to Circuit City and talk to Blockbuster and to talk to Coconuts and Tower Records, all these people who's who sold records at the time? Yeah, the, 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 the original true independent game. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. Like what he's saying for some people who watch it now, because I know I, I got a lot of younger people too. Mm -hmm. Sound scan is when you have to create a barcode for your album. 
and you have to press these up. Whether and when you're independent, you have to press these up. And you have to physically take these to all the record stores. And every time they scan that bar, that's how you know what CDs you're selling, how many you sold, where you sold them at. That's how you know your market. It was personal analytics, and then you had to write you had yeah. to write everything all down on a piece of paper. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to have to get the map hanging on the wall. Look at the chart, see where we did these units, and then map out where we were going to go wherever promoters were booking us at. So, yeah, that's pretty much the scheme of it back then. I, I was on my way to, to the initial question, what you asked, but that's how we got where we at right now anyway. Not for sure. Hell is Cash, what about you? What, was your, what you think your, um, the moment was for you that you was just like, yeah, nigga, like, we here? Mm, man. As far as 69 boys. As far as 69 boys. Man. <laughs> Bro, I forgot. I forget where that was at. We was up there with Biggie. I forget when we was in that stadium with Biggie. Yeah, we was in the stadium and I was walking in the back and I was like seeing all these polices on both sides and I'm walking down this like somebody had one of those. The the, uh, the the smoke machines in mm -hmm. the hallway. We like we walk into our to, 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 to our uh to, to our little spot, uh, to a little green room where we supposed to be at. I'm like on oh, this smoke everywhere and all these police down there. We walking through there. I'm like, oh man, what's going on in there? They like, oh, big in there with us. I'm like, yeah, we, we, we I'm, I'm six nine, but we big too. You know yeah, what I'm, yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, big in there. So when I walked in, he was like, I'm like, yeah, can I get some of that? He was like, yeah. Tell, tell them to come in here. So I, I walk in there. I'm like, yeah, I want to get some of that. He said, no, you can get this here, what I got here. And smoke. I'm like, that's when I knew. I'm like, hey, we big, too. You know yeah, yeah, nigga, yeah. They'll check little straight in here with Biggie, like, Biggie, like, yeah, yeah. yeah nah, yeah, for real. Yeah, man. So I, I felt like, yeah, man, we, we up here doing this. But as it, uh, other than that, I just I just thought we just just doing doing our thing, right. you know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. really just like giving That's it. That's when you actually realize, now nah, we reaching, for real. Yeah, we, we stretching. Reaching. We, we touching like, people. That's right. Nah, that's what I felt good, man. Nah. I think, like, especially, like, in Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I think, like, one of my one of my favorite groups out of Atlanta is uh, Travis Porter. You know what I'm saying? And they music, it's like a lot of what y'all do. You know what I'm saying? Like, we finna go on tour, and they going on tour with us. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, them times, them fun times, like... I remember we had a team club. Actually, it was right down the street called MBK. You know what I'm saying? It was like a real team club. Like, I remember, like, I'm t 9, 10 years old going to this club. And dancing was a part of every day. Like, that's what you did. You see what I'm saying? And when, so when we started doing it, and I was doing Lean With a Rock with the pool pals, all that, and people were like, Pile, you're a gangster. Why you dancing? Why you dancing? You're a gangster. And I was just like, all the gangsters I ever ever seen, that's what they that's do. Right, they dance. That's like right. that's you know culture. That. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of feel good to kind of I kind of felt like I picked the ball up too and ran with it a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, kind of in our style, you know what I'm saying? That's why I just feel like these conversations are um important. You know what I'm saying? Because this is the history. You know what I'm right. saying? Like we was talking off camera. And I know some people ain't gonna like this, but I don't fuck it. A lot of this music ain't gonna get played in ten years. 20 years, a lot of this music ain't going to get played. You ain't going to hear this in the parties. You're not going to hear this in the clubs. You're not going to hear this when the DJ come in. You know what I'm saying? And the reason I always keep saying Vegas is because all the biggest records get played in Vegas. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't, a lot of this music not going to get played. Bro, y'all did songs in 93, 94, bro, yeah. 95, dog. This right. is 2022, and I'm still hearing these songs get played. Right. It's songs I heard in 2011, they don't even get played no more. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. It's, it's artists who I seen five years ago and groups I seen five, six, seven years ago. They ain't touring no more. They ain't doing no shows no more. They ain't got nothing going on, dog. Right. Y'all music timeless, dog. Right. So I want to give y'all y'all flowers, dog. You know what I'm saying? Right. Saying thank y'all for paving the way. You know what I'm saying? To even open that door up for every, everybody in the city to have a voice. And then for the people like uh, uh, Goody Mob and Outkast and Big Oop them to do what they do to open the doors for niggas like me and the niggas like we came. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then right. the niggas who came after that. Think about this. I always say I feel like the movement we created inspired TikTok. Right. You know what I'm saying? But if y'all wasn't, if the if the the, the OGs and the gangsters and the, the hood niggas of y'all time wasn't doing all that dancing shit, I wouldn't have had the courage of being saying doing no dancing shit. 
Right. I would have been like, man, all that shit. I would check bench like these niggas. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. Dancing. When I was coming up, dancing was cool. You couldn't dance, nigga. You weren't cool. Right. Right. I don't give a fuck how good you can run a football, how good you can shoot a three. It don't matter. Can you dance, nigga? Right. 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 <laughs> that, that, right. That's what right. it was, nigga. Right. The Michael Jacksons, nigga. The MC Hamels, nigga. The everything, dog. Right. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. And the crazy part about it, Tush Roll, come on. A nigga do the Tush Roll for the whole song. A nigga, right. that's a long ass song. Right. 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 But that's a long ass goddamn song. Yeah. How many verses you got on that motherfucker, dog? Two, Four. Two, two verses. Two verses. But, two verses. But yeah, two, but, three bridges. Yeah, it's the bridges. Yeah, it's the, the bridges. bridges the it's, the, it's the bridges. That's what it is, the, the bridges. Hook. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, so it's about, uh, what? Four hooks and three bridges yeah. and two verses. Yeah. Four minutes. Four minutes. But back then, that you was know, four song. minutes was commonplace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You so, know? A, a song wasn't a song if it wasn't four minutes. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And then what I like about it then, too, is... You didn't record it on the tradition, on the uh, traditional way that niggas recorded back then, because you know back then it was sixteen hook, sixteen balls, right. hook, sixteen balls. Right. The way you did is more kind of like how niggas record now. Right. Niggas might give you eight balls now and bring the hook right back in that motherfucker. Oh yeah. Give you a four, uh, four bridge, then bring the hook back in, then right. give you another verse. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. So I, I, I just, you know, it's just some of my people. I, I like music. I'm into it. You know what I'm saying? So I be, I be. Paying attention to shit, you know what Man, I'm saying. I appreciate that, and I that first thank you for that arrangement structure was something that we said out the gate. We wanted to do different in how we made records. Shouts out to uh, J Ski and CC, but also shouts out to something you said earlier about the record Tootsie Roll itself. And I salute the DJs for that because well, it's two things: the DJs and the fan base. Because back when we came out, we set our price to where. Even though we were number one and we were battling every week, if it wasn't Craig Mack, it was Biggie. Bad Boy pretty much at the time was who bring an Arista at us at our neck every week. So it was switching back and forth. But putting that record out at the time and and underpricing ourselves allowed us to be in three, four markets every week that we probably wouldn't have been in if we was overpriced. So that record and that politicking that you were talking about earlier allowed us to go out and make new friends, meet DJs, shake hands and kiss babies and build relationships that we have to this day. Sometimes we'll be in the city and somebody will pull up a picture from 20 years ago and be like, man, I took this picture with y'all. Twenty, Let's take one just like this so we can have, have it to now. And wow. boom, a lot of that going. But that was just a lot of seeds sold back then, and, and it, which is why to this day, uh, whether well, the first thing I did when I got my radio show was was create a segment called Around the World in Thirty, where the DJs, whether you was a street DJ, who who was just on fire in the club, or you was in New York, but you ain't have a, a way to get your music heard in Florida, we'll allow them to do a thirty minute mix, clean radio mix, and send it down. We'll highlight the DJ and all that. These were things that we just wanted to give back to people who helped keep us alive because the record can't be heard without them. So, you know, I, anytime anybody give us credit for having that kind of record, I, I say all the time, there's no way for a person humanly possible to make a record that people in America going to feel and Japan and Germany at the same time and Hawaii. It's just not humanly possible. But spiritually, if God touched that record at the right place at the right time and lined everything up, the, the, the majesty of it touches the whole world at the same time, which no one man can take credit Beautiful. for that. You have to give sure. credit for everybody, everybody on their level. That's, and that's a great view, saying That's a great feeling. A lot of people ain't going to get a chance to experience that. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to be in, I'm glad to be in that car with y'all. I yeah, know that I, feeling. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, but ain't that, ain't that like, ain't, ain't that, like you say, bro, some songs are big, some songs are big songs, big records. But everybody don't make a hit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I know a lot of people, especially a lot of artists, now got a lot of big songs. Right. And you be like, damn, this one number one? Mm -hmm. Damn, this one number one either? Mm-hmm. Like, he ain't got, he ain't got, damn, shit, bro, he ain't sold a million records yet? Right. Shit. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. A lot of shit don't be touched. A lot of shit don't be, you know what I'm saying? A lot of that shit don't be touched like that. But them songs, they're going to live forever, dog. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Um. How the hell did y'all get the name 69 Boys? Like, what drove the name, though? The name was coming out at a time where Luke and the two live crew was what's popular at home. Um, in middle school, 
Luke and them to do shows, and we want to go to the shows, but because they had that parental sticker, we couldn't go. And, you know, our mama project, mama, they ain't played the radio back then. So a lot of things we couldn't do. So musically, I was like, whenever we get a group, you know, I get a group, I want to be able to perform at the middle school and at the high school, but still be cool and from the streets. So by the time it was time to come up with a name for the group, everything was the boys back then, Heavy D and the boys, you know, uh, all kind of stuff. So we said 69 boys because 69 was kind of risque and controversial at yeah, the time. Yeah. And then we it kind of fit to what, what y'all trying to roll off without trying to say that. Nah, I get it. Nah, it I make is. a lot of there sense. It is. Yeah, and that's why you had the one shoe and the other shoe. But at the same time, it's cost us, you know, at, at times, you know, having that name uh, cost us the, the second leg of the U.S. Army tour because we, we did a lot of dates initially with the Army. And then as they started getting more complaints about sexual harassment, our name having a sexual undertone yeah. ended up that they couldn't book us the same way. So it's pros and cons to it all. Nah, for real, for real. It definitely fit them times, though. Mm-hmm. Man, them times was classical, man. Nah, for yes, real. Show that by the way they can follow y'all at. Man, official 69 boys on IG. 69 Boys fan page on Facebook at Thrill the Player, and that's T H R I L L D A P L A Y A on IG, Twitter, and uh, Fast Cash. How you get that name? Thrill the Player football, man. Um, back in the days, uh, wide receiver, Fletcher High School, they called me Thrill Hill because Tony Hill played for the Dallas Cowboys. They used to say, oh, they go little Thrill, Thrill Hill. Boom. So, from high school, they called me through, and then after high school, I dropped the hill and just the player, because, you know. Uh, and you spell the T-H-A like old school. Yeah, the D-A, D-A, P-L-A-Y-A. That's it. The thrill is the regular thrill, and then D-A, player. Yeah. So it ain't T-H-A, it's D-A? Uh-uh, yeah, D-A. The player. Yeah, that South shit. Yeah, yeah. Only people from the South do stuff like that. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? And the. I don't brought it back. Yeah, <laughs> I don't brought it back for real. So when they can follow you, dog. Oh yeah, follow me at Fast Cash Sixty Nine Boys. Uh, yeah, y'all can follow me on uh, Instagram with that. I'm on there with my clothes off too, so you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> How you get your name, K? Uh, used to run track when I was in middle school. Everybody, oh he's fast. You know what I'm saying? Then to I got the to I hooked up with Thrill. That's what he threw the cast on there because you no, know, I used to. Fry and stay fresh for the ladies too. So he threw the cast on there for it. That's how I got fast cast. You know what I'm saying? Listen, give me your toughest dance battle. You ever lost one before? Yeah. Uh, you know, to, to me, when I used to dance against people, uh, it was some boys that that was good. But when we danced, the crowd say we won. But sometimes, I'm like, man, that dude was actually good. You know. To myself in my head, and I knew like he probably won tonight, but to the crowd, they were like, "Oh yeah, they they won." You know what I'm saying? Cause yeah. I, get I used to dance everywhere. I could be everywhere, so that's probably one of the reasons why they. I, I feel that I ain't lose not cause the crowd said, but I know I done seen a couple guys that was really actually genuine, good. But I ain't really gonna say better than me. You know, what hell, is you saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, talking about <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I done made dudes, boy. We be in that battle there, go right outside, right now to make it, try to make a routine to come back inside. I Man, you got no time to do all that. No, you got no time. You, to do you that. got no time. Where are your? Where are, have you ever had some dancing inspirations? Was it in people that you seen was like, well, I like him. Like kind of people that you kind of pulled from. Oh yeah, like Turbo back in the day. You know what I'm saying? The ozone from Breaking. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever seen Breaking and stuff? They like gotta that? watch Breaking. Yes, Beat Street. Especially if you that. dance. If you dance, if you anybody who dance, like you gotta watch Breaking. That's right. Uh, that Beat Street. You know what I'm saying? I used to love all that type of stuff, man. So uh, and I used to watch a lot of James Brown. He was good. You know what I'm saying? With his with yeah. his slides. So nah, I put that in a lot of stuff. Nah, he put the slides in a lot of stuff. Oh yes, yes. Right. What was your favorite dancing era? The popping, the like the uh, old school dancing, the ticking. Uh, oh, oh man, I I really don't know because I, I, I can do it all. all of it. Yeah, I could do all. I could break dance. I can pop. I I really like that. 
that house era. Probably the people don't probably get into that, but I really like that house. That dum 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 dum. Cause I got that popping. You can move it. Yeah. And, and, and that's what got me doing different styles. So I, I like that in 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 the, the really hardcore street dancing uh, male stripper dancing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My dad told y'all you love the ladies. Ellis just said, man. What about YouTube, y'all? What about y'all YouTube? Y'all YouTube? It's the right now. It's the thrill to play. We haven't launched the official sixty nine boys YouTube. We will right now. You can follow the the thrill to play YouTube or the responsible recordings YouTube. No, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I heard a new record y'all got too. Y'all been some new music. Oh man, that new music, man. For anybody that's trying to get the new sixty nine boys stuff, of course you can follow the socials that we talked about. But the new music, man, the one we got now with uh, Yin Yang Twins, the Grown Zone record, man, it's just something. It's an ode to the grown folks because. We, 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 with these new records, we've been making records here the past couple of years, especially before COVID hit. We, had a, we have a project called Notorious Bass that was lined up to drop. But when COVID hit, we pushed it back and was able to just cut so many more records. So we released MILFs. We released, released Get Busy. We released uh, uh, Junk in the Trunk featuring Uncle Luke, JT Money, Nisi D. Um, man, we released... Uh, Gosh, the latest record, which is the Grown Zone record, but we also released the Woot record. And those records really spoke to the grown people. And that that meant so much more to us because when you talk to people from the modern era, whether they're at record labels or whether they're at uh, magazines or radio, they always want to talk social networking. And we come from a musical generation. Mm-hmm. The social net, which is why I, don't, I, I never understood. I, I tell people all the time when they ask what happened to radio. Radio right now, urban radio, uh, for a large part, has tumbleweeds blowing through it because they're trying to market to an audience that don't listen to the radio. Thanks. They chase the new singles that come out now. But my son, who is 17, has never come to me to bring me a new record and said, Dad, turn the radio on. He brings me YouTube, he brings me Spotify, he brings me everything but the radio. So instead of radio sticking with what got them there and saying, oh, franchise dropping a new record, let's bring them through. Oh, 69, boy, because we grew up in a musical Keeping that generation. old, that old, that same format. Yeah. You, you're moving away from the format. Which, which means basically why would you, why would Polly on a radio station put 50 years of sweat equity into all these groups? Build relationships with them, and 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 then say, okay, I'm gonna throw y'all away and start all over with these new groups. Instead of saying, hey, I built a relationship with Snoop 20 years ago. Let me bring him to this big field over here, play his new music, let the people experience his new and oh, but mainly not just because you have the relationship, but because these are the people who gonna listen to the radio. They grew up on the radio. They didn't grow up. That's what older people. They don't necessarily. Grab their cell phones all the time. They grow it, do it now because they have to. Yeah. But if you're going to talk about sheer radio every day today, they got a better chance of me getting in my car, turning on my radio than my son. Facts. So why not market give the, to those Give people? your old people something new. Exactly. And, and, give them something new. That, you ain't fed them in a long time, goddamn. Give them something new, feed them again. Especially when 69 Boys, Snoop, Franchise Boys, Yin Yang, Sierra, SWV, Everybody dropping new music. It'll be different if they wasn't. Facts. But they are. And you have years of sweat equity in them, and they're coming to you. Why not take what the defense is giving and build relationships? I mean, we just watch Southern Soul. They say, okay, FM won't play us. The DJs won't hardly play us. We'll just go to the city. Who will play us? AM Radio. AM Radio built Tucker and Pokebell. And Mm. then these guys are going to cities. Years later, taking what the defense give and done kiss them babies like you talking about when everybody else was over here searching for FM and FM locking people out thinking Future and Drake. Baby, they, Urban, they're not coming through the door. Them boys start records at Rhythmic now and cross it back down. So mm-hmm. why not take the people who want to work with you and work with them, make, make your advertisers happy because you got a bigger audience and the people now have jobs and, and make a check, because we was finding a way to go pay $80 to go see 69 Boys Franchise Mystical. Back then, we were 18, 19, 20, 25. And so, way more money out here than I did yeah, And we professionals with job. That's why every time they put a concert with a lot of artists from our era, 
it has to be an arena or a big outside venue because you can only house that many people from that era because that's how the interest level of it is for that era. Facts. Yeah. Facts. No, preach on, man. I just want to say thank y'all again, dog. Yeah, y'all flower, dog. You know what I'm saying? It's a pleasure every time I see y'all boys. And I'm going to tell y'all I love what y'all do, too. And it, and it has something to do with now markability. Y'all niggas always got y'all shit on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Always. Oh, yeah. Every time I've seen y'all, every time i ever seen y'all in, in, in person, you know what I'm saying? Because I done seen y'all, like, probably, like, two or three times in the past, about two times in the past, like, year and a half, two years. You know what I'm saying? Since the... Everything since people been back out, mm-hmm. y'all always marketing every time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I think that's something that's important to artists now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You continue to market yourself. You know what I'm saying? I just like the people little shit that like that. People need game. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because people see stuff, but they don't know how to decipher what they're seeing. Yeah. So people say, oh, no, this is this. This is what you do with this. And people start saying, oh, okay, let me add it to what I got going on. You know what I'm saying? Without real, a doubt. Without a doubt. I appreciate that, man. Nah, for sure, man. Man, give y'all, y'all flowers, dog. You know what I'm saying? Clapping for y'all. <laughs> Thank you for coming to the show, Thanks for having me. You already know. It's your boy Palais, live from Digital House Studio. We in the apartment with Palais. Meet me in the apartment.